Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. I suspect that all of you have had the experience as I have had I'm really wondering at times whether God hears anything we say. We pray, and as if our prayers were bouncing back at us off the wall. You probably have heard the old joke about the old church that was tore down and people got killed in the process from all the prayers that fell out of the ceiling. That means that's as high as they got. We have those feelings at times and really wonder if God's listening or if he is, if, if he's going to answer. I don't propose this morning to completely uh, resolve this question, this problem. But I do want us, in a few moments of time, to take a look at some of the things that could possibly happen within us that would prevent or hinder the Lord from responding to us. I think oftentimes, I might add, that he does respond and we are not in tune well enough to hear what he has to say. I've preached from this passage of scripture a lot of times, and I want to do it differently this morning than, than I think that I have ever done. I know that I have ever done. I believe the Lord is saying something to us in that third verse particularly when he says, ye ask and you receive not because you ask amiss. If you'll turn back with me to the Gospel of Mark, I want to read from the 10th chapter of Mark, a very pointed passage of Scripture that the Lord gives us dealing with this question of asking amiss. In Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 35, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came unto him, saying, Master, we would that thou shouldest do for us whatsoever we shall desire. Now, here's setting up the scene. There's something wrong, Jesus is going to say in a moment, with the way you ask, or with what you ask. They said, Lord, we have a favor to ask of you. Well, that's what we do all the time. Lord, I've got a favor to ask of you. And the Lord said, well, what is it? And James and John say, well, when you set up your kingdom, 
How about putting one of us on the left side and one of us on the right side? You know, Secretary of State and Secretary of Treasury, two most important people in your new kingdom. Verse 37, they make their point, and then Jesus in verse 38 says, you don't know what you're asking for. You know not what you ask. And he goes on to say, can you drink of the cup that I drink of and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? And it would take us all morning to discuss that, so let us suffice to simply restrict our thoughts to the first statement that he made in that 38th verse when he says, you really don't know what you're asking for. This is one of the problems that we face that James and John faced and got this kind of response from Jesus, you are selfish in your requests. Why should you think, James and John, that you deserve this special treatment? And I think this response comes back to me when I have prayed and felt like that I did not get an answer, or at least the answer that I wanted, the Lord has come back to me and he's made it very clear to me, Jim, you don't know what you're asking for. You are restricting your praying to selfishness, to something that you want without consideration of the overall plan and scheme of things as I have developed. And so the first thing that I believe that we can see is that our prayers are going to receive some resistance and perhaps an outright failure of response or a no from him if our praying is done in a selfish manner for our benefit only without consideration as to the overall scheme that God has devised, not only for our lives, but for the lives of others. Okay, secondly, I think that we can discover in the scripture that unconfessed or unforsaken sin will prohibit God from responding in the manner that we would like. And I'm going to the Old Testament. You might not have time to follow with me, but if you do, uh, go back to Psalms chapter, uh, Psalm number 66 and the 18th verse, and we find these words, and if you don't find it quickly, but at least listen to them. The psalmist said, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. All right, turn right. Go to Isaiah chapter 59. And then we're going to go to Jeremiah next, just for some short verses. I want you to listen to Isaiah 59, the first three verses. When the Lord speaks to Isaiah and says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. That's the first statement. The Lord's hand 
is not held back from salvation. His ear is not turned deaf to our request. Verse 2, but, the word but is a very important word. The Lord's hand's not held back. His ears are not deaf. But, what is it? Your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Listen, sin will separate a man from God. And become a barrier between. And make it impossible for God to respond when there is something there that ought not to be. He goes on to say, that iniquity separates between you and your God and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. He can hear, but he will not hear when there is sin in the way. All right. Go to Jeremiah chapter 5. Just turn over the next book. Turn right to chapter 5 of Jeremiah, verse 25. Your iniquities have turned away these things. Now, in order to understand what these things are, back preceding verse 25, there was a discussion about the fact that that the rains, the early rains and the late rains in the season have not come. And so verse 25 says, your iniquities have turned away these things, that is, have turned away the rains. And your sins have withholden good things from you. So the problem is not with God, the problem is with me and with you. Why has God not responded? Because in our lives, there could be unforsaken, unconfessed sin. All right? Number three. The reason that God sometimes does not answer our prayers, there's a hindrance there, is that we place God second in our life, or third, or fourth, or fifth, or somewhere down the line instead of first. Since you have your Bible open to the Old Testament, Keep turning right to Ezekiel. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 14. The first three verses of it. Then came certain of the elders of Israel unto me and sat before me. That's Ezekiel. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, I get the picture. Some of the elders of Israel came and sat in the presence of Ezekiel. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, calling Ezekiel, these men, these elders of Israel, these men have set up idols in their heart. Oh, Look at the last phrase of the third verse. Should I be inquired of at all by them? Why would these men come to me and pray to me when in their heart they have established an idol? A hindrance to prayer, you better believe it. 
Why should anybody expect God to answer a prayer when they have occupied their heart with a false God? That's a hindrance, of course. Who is it in your life and mine that takes first place? And if we would all be honest with ourselves, we probably would say, I'm number one in my life. My wife's number two. My children are number three. My work's number four. And on and on we go. And somewhere along the line, we finally decided to put God on the list. If we're going to do that, then let us pray to number one. Whoever that might be. And if I am number one in my life, then why should I not pray to me? Why should God respond to my prayers if he's not number one? And so I have a hindrance, you see, to my prayer. The scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. So the hindrance number three to our getting our prayers answered is that we have put something else in our heart ahead of God. And God's saying, if you're going to do that, pray to whatever that is. Pray to your false idol, to your, to your God, false God, to your idol, whatever it might be. Go ahead, use that process. Don't expect me to take second fiddle and come forth with first fruits in your life. Fourth. Hindrances to prayer will be evidenced when we mistreat a brother. Now, we're going to go to the New Testament now, to Matthew. The fifth chapter of Matthew, which is a part of the Sermon on the Mount. This hindrance is a mistreatment of a brother. Jesus says in his sermon, Matthew 5, 23, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, they in those days brought their offering up and put it in the offering plate. They didn't pass the plate like we do. It would be embarrassing sometimes for some people to have to come to the church put their offering in. So we, you know, keep them embarrassed, but we pass the plate. Uh, but in those days, they came up to the They put their offering in. In a... In a some kind of a container. So he says, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, there remember that thy brother has ought, has something against you. Leave the gift before the altar. Leave it there. Go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. Now look at the process. In an act of worship, a man comes to the front to the temple of the tabernacle, and he gets ready to make his offering, which is an act of worship. We have lost that somehow or other. We think that it's a method of collecting money to pay the bills. Listen, the offering is not a method of paying bills. 
The offering is an opportunity to express one's devotion to God by his financial means. It's an act of worship. And it ought to be considered that. And here the man comes and he gets up there and he's ready to put his money in the collection plate and he remembers that there is a brother that he has mistreated that has something against him. The Lord says, don't even put the money in the offering. First of all, go be reconciled to your brother. Then come back and complete your act of worship. Why can we even begin to think that if one is not reconciled to his brother, that God is going to accept us as we are with our not making things right with others. I think the principle is before you can be reconciled to God, you're going to have to be reconciled to your brother. That's the principle. Don't expect God to respond to your prayers when your heart is black against somebody. It won't work. God isn't going to be responsive to that kind of prayer. Closely tied to it is number five, and that is we harbor grudges. Go back to Mark again. Turn over. Next chapter. Next book. Mark chapter 11. <clears throat> Verse 25 and 26. Do you have a grudge against anybody this morning? You ever, have you said to anybody recently, I forgive you, but I'm not going to forgive you. You're fooling yourself. Look at verse 25 and 26. When you stand praying, forgive. Lord, forgive If ye have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. If you stand praying and ask God to forgive, and you have what aught against any, in order that your Father in heaven may forgive your trespasses, then he says in verse 26, But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. If you have not or will not forgive somebody who has done a wrong to you, you might as well forget about asking God for forgiveness because you're not going to get it. The way to get forgiveness is to be forgiving. Oh, I didn't say that. Who said that? In my Bible's red letters, the Lord said it. Let me repeat. The way to get forgiveness is to be forgiving. 
Well, that's what the Lord taught us in the model prayer when he said, forgive us our debts. As we have, we forgive our debtors. Fourthly, or lastly, sixthly. The reason we don't get answers to our prayers, and the response comes from the, the text or the verse preceding the text in James, you ask not, or you have not rather, you have not because you ask not. Most of the time, we don't receive because we don't ask. I think it probably would be embarrassing if we were all honest this morning. I ask everybody to stand up who has prayed already today before you got to church as to how many people could stand. I think it would be embarrassing if we would be honest and I ask how many people prayed last week all week long. There would be some who would be embarrassed. The point is we have taken prayer so uh, easily that we have not found it of value to spend much time doing it. Oh, we believe in prayer. That's something we do when we get in trouble. But listen, prayer is a manner of conversation between the Father and the Son, <coughs> you and me as children. How much time did you spend in prayer last week? Most of us probably say, well, I'm just so busy, I just don't get around to it. There's a little poem that I shall close with that says, take time to pray. As I got up early one morning and rushed right into the day, I had so much to accomplish that I didn't have time to pray. Problems came tumbling about me, and, and heavier came each task. Why doesn't God help, I wondered. He answered, you didn't ask. I wanted to see joy and beauty, but the day toiled on, gray and bleak, and I wondered why God didn't show me. He said, you didn't seek. I tried to come into God's presence, and I used all my keys at the lock, God gently and lovingly chided, My child, you didn't knock. I woke up early this morning and paused before entering the day. I had so much to accomplish that I had to take time to pray. <coughs> What's the value of prayer in your life? What keeps you from getting what you want from God? Perhaps you just don't pray. Or perhaps there are hindrances that keep God from answering because there's something between you and the Lord. Let us pray. 
Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.